morning everyone, it's Easter Sunday and I'm standing for this message because I'm excited. It was hard to sit down and do this. I tried it, it didn't work. So if you need to stand this morning too, you can. If you need to sit forward in the chair and put your hands up and just celebrate and say a hallelujah or praise God or amen or whatever it is that you kind of feel rising in you as we celebrate together that Jesus is alive and alive forevermore. And all of that resurrection means for us in our lives now. Let me just pray and then we're going to get into it. We're in Luke chapter 23 to start. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to that. Let me just pray as we start. Jesus, today help us to understand more of what your resurrection means for us in our lives. Help us to do more than understand it. Help us to believe it. Help us to trust you in it. And help us to step forward into the resurrected life that you have for us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Luke chapter 23, starting at verse 55. As his body was taken away, the women from Galilee followed and saw the tomb where his body was placed. Then they went home and prepared spices and ointments to anoint his body. But by the time they were finished, the Sabbath had begun. So they rested as required by the law. That is, all through the next day and evening. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they'd prepared. They found the stone had been rolled away. From the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. As Pete was explaining to us before, He is risen. These are big words. And not just, here's someone who's come back from the dead, like Lazarus did when Jesus raised him from the dead in John 11. We can read about that. But Lazarus lived a little longer and then he re-entered death. This is Jesus not just coming back temporarily. This is Jesus definitively smashing death. Like he didn't just go in there and then find a way to escape death. He went in there and he took over. He, he obliterated the power of death. He dethroned death. He's got the keys in his hand. He's alive forevermore. Listen to what the risen Lord Jesus says. That's recorded in Revelation chapter 1. He says, I am the living one. I died, but look, I'm alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. This is Jesus rising from the dead, never to die Always to be alive forevermore. That is the life that he, that, he, that he came out of death with. That forever, forever life. Which is going to be important for us to understand in a minute. Because he did that, he entered death and he smashed it. And he came out of death. Not because he needed to, but because we needed him to. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 2. Here's where we were. This was our problem. He says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He's the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature... We were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. That's, that's our situation. That was my situation. 
that was your situation. Maybe that still is your situation if you don't yet know Jesus. Uh, we were alienated from God because of our sin, because of the things that we do wrong. But God. Beautiful words. But God. God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by grace that you've been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we're united with Christ Jesus. We who trust Jesus are in Christ. Our old selves died with him, got buried with him, were raised with him. Death cannot claim you or hold you any more than death can claim or hold Jesus. And it can't claim or hold him at all, because he smashed it. And he owns that whole space now. Hallelujah. Death can't claim you or hold you any more than it can claim or hold Jesus. Because you and I, if we're trusting Jesus, we are in Christ. <clears throat> Death can't claim us, but it can tempt us. What do I mean by that? How can death tempt us? Well, we can be pulled back by voices in our own head, by voices of others, and by voices of our, our spiritual enemy. We can be pulled back into believing that things, that things of death still have a hold on us, like guilt. We can be pulled back into a tomb where we still feel guilty for everything that we've done, for the things that we've said, for the horrible things that we've done, for the wrong things that we've done. And for our thought life, oh my goodness, <clears throat> if everything I'd ever done wrong or thought wrong or said wrong was laid out, I would not want you to look at it. And I'm sure you're the same. And we can be pulled back into, th into like thinking about that. Oh dear, I've done these terrible things. I've done that thing. I feel so guilty. But look what Paul says in, in Colossians. He says, then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. And just in case we miss what he forgave all our sins means, it says he cancelled the record of the charges against us. And just in case we think it's not enough that he just cancelled the record of the charges against us, he took it away from us, so it's gone now from us, and he nailed it to the cross. All of that was paid for in Christ, on the cross. The record of all of my wrongs is gone. It's gone. The record of all of your wrongs is gone. We're forgiven. And we're clean in Christ. So don't be tempted back into that little tomb of death that tries to guilt you into saying you're not good enough. Of course you're not good enough. But the record of your wrongs is gone. So when you hear that voice in your head, and when I hear that voice in my head, just saying, remember, you call yourself a Christian, you want to follow Jesus, you think you can have this resurrection life, just remember what you did. Just remember. When you hear that voice in your head, just join me in saying this. Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Because I am not there. I am risen with Christ. And my guilt is paid for. 
and my shame is paid for. Shame is different to guilt in this way. Guilt is the record of the wrongs that I've done and the weight of what I've done. Shame is the I'm no good as a person. I'm worth less as a person. I have less value. I'm too far gone. I'm too damaged. I'm too broken. I'm too messed up. Shame is about me, my value, and whether I contribute anything useful to the world. In Christ, all my shame is gone. It is gone. I am a child of God. And you can read this all the way through the New Testament, Ephesians 1, Romans 8, Colossians. I am a child of God. You, If you are trusting Jesus, if you've given your life to Jesus, you are a child of God. That is, you are accepted entirely into the family of God. You are valuable beyond your capacity to understand. You are valued by God. And, and um, you are totally and absolutely forgiven by God. We have so much value to Him. We are, we are accepted beyond our understanding. We are, our life in Christ is the opposite of shame. We, we are, are called into a life with Christ and with other believers. We are called into a life in Him that is so joyous and so beautiful where we understand our value. And not that, we're, not that we earned it, but that we are given it in Christ. And we are everything that he says we are. So when we hear that voice inside of us saying, you're no good, you're not valuable, nobody notices you, nobody wants you, you're hopeless, look at what you've done, you're too far gone, you can't be rescued, what, you want to be a Christian? You? Like, look at you. When we hear those voices in our head, join me in saying this, why are you looking among the dead, for someone who is alive, because he is risen, and I am risen with him. And I am not in death anymore. In Romans 8, which I'd encourage you to read the first 32 verses of Romans 8 later, we're just going to start from verse 33 this morning. Paul's talked about this wonderful life that we're adopted, included in God's family, we're his children, we've been given life forever. And even as our physical bodies here get sick or wear out, we've got or get damaged or um, any way that our bodies wear out here, we've got new bodies coming that will never wear out. And then Paul writes in verse 33 of Romans 8, Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing uh, with himself. And who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us and he's sitting in the place of honour at God's right hand pleading for us. My shame is gone. My guilt is gone. My fear, my fear is gone. See, fear is wrapped up in, oh no, what's going to happen? Fear is I could lose something. I could lose that relationship. I could lose that person. I could lose that money. I could lose that resource, I could lose um, that, that stuff, the material possessions, 
um, that I have, I could lose my health. That's fear. I'm, I'm afraid of what might happen. John says, the, the Apostle John says um, in, John, in 1 John, perfect love casts out fear. What does he mean? Just this. In Christ, everything that is best for me forever is already done. And it can't be taken from me. Anything that could cause fear for me is gone. It is gone. Nothing can stop me from getting all of the life that Jesus won for me when he died on the cross and entered my death and rose again and took me with him into the heavenly realms in Christ. That is done. It is guaranteed and, and final. Why would I fear? Whom shall I fear? And the psalmist says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? For us it's even more, because our death is dealt with, and there is nothing that we need fear. Of course, all our circumstances don't play out here the way we want them to. We lose relationships, we lose people, um, we, we get unwell, we get injured, we get all sorts of things happen to us. We go through all kinds of hardships and trials in this life, in this body, but we have nothing to fear because everything that is beautiful for us, that God wants for us, is already guaranteed in Christ. It is done. We are risen with Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans 8 goes on. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? That's a rhetorical question, but he's going to answer it anyway. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or, or threatened with death? Then in verse 37, no. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced, Paul says, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we do not fear because everything for our future is guaranteed and cannot be taken from us. So when you're feeling afraid or anxious or worried or scared, or when you're listening to those voices in your head saying, Oh, just be careful. What about this? What if that fails? Or what if it doesn't work? Or, or what if it hurts? Or, or, or what if I get ridiculed? Or, 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 or what if I lose that thing? Those voices of fear inside of us just join me in saying this, why, my soul, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Because in Christ, our fear is gone. It is gone. Amen? Now, some of you will be celebrating with me, and you might even be on your feet. Yes, hallelujah, amen. Resurrection Sunday, that is the life 
coming inside of me. I'm going to speak to my guilt and my shame and my fear. And I'm going to say to my guilt and my shame and my fear, why, why, why am I hanging around in death? Why am I doing that? Because I'm alive. I'm risen with Christ. Some of us will be celebrating in that vein this morning. And some of us won't. Well, maybe you'll have a, like a little smile on your face and you'll be thinking, yeah, I kind of know what you mean, but I'm feeling heavy or I'm feeling distracted or I'm feeling um, not really listening that well or, um, or uh, it's not actually working that well for me in life at the moment, this whole resurrected life concept. Maybe there's still shame there or guilt there or doubt there or fear there or uh, whatever. Is involved there. Some of us might not feel like celebrating at all today. I've gone back to Romans um, 8 here because I want to remind you of something. All of us, I want to remind us of something. No matter how we feel this morning, this is true. This is true. That nothing can separate us from Christ's love. Um, not trouble, not calamity, not persecution, not hunger, not destitution, not danger, not death. Not death or life, not angels or demons, not our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell. No, actually, no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So no matter how you feel today as you participate with us, no matter how you feel today, God's love will pursue you every breath you take through your whole life. And if you're not ready right now to jump up and, yes, I'm experiencing the resurrection life inside of me, um, I just want to assure you that God knows. He knows your heart. He knows. And He's there with His love. And He understands. And He's going to take you from where you are at a pace that you can handle in the, in the path that you need until you can experience resurrection life because that's what he wants for you. And he will never leave because he's the God who stays. In our anxieties, he stays. In our fears, he stays. In our doubts, he stays. When we stray, he stays. In fact, he's the one who runs towards us when the whole world walks away. And, and I know, I know that for you, wherever you are, wherever you are participating with us in this Easter Sunday service, God's love is pursuing you right now. He understands you and he wants for you to experience a little more of his assurance of life I would encourage you to trust him this Easter. And all of us, I would encourage us to reach out and to trust Jesus more and to get used to saying to our own soul when we feel death inside of us, when we feel fear, when we feel guilt, when we feel shame, when we feel anything that would distract us from God, take us away from God, or make us doubt his love in any way, shape or form, we would say this, why are you looking among the dead for someone 
who is alive. Let me pray. Jesus, bring us into this resurrection life more and more. Help us to trust you. Help us to believe you. We're your children. Help us to believe you. You've paid our price, Lord. And we want to believe that, in not just in our heads, but in our whole being. We want to live in, in the gratitude of that, knowing that we're your children. And that, and that we can experience this life from you and that we can um, be transformed by it to be the people that you've called us to be. So God, help us to believe you this morning and trust you. We pray, especially for those who are struggling to, uh, to feel this, to know this, to experience this this morning, that you'd be very near to them. Draw us all from wherever we're at. Draw us all closer to this resurrection life with you. This Easter Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen.